The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Oscar Pistorius, the world's most famous Paralympian, will have a second chance at parole this week when he comes before a hearing board on Friday. The double amputee athlete famously competed on carbon fibre running blades at the 2012 London Olympics, but was convicted two years later for the shooting dead of his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp, at the home they shared. Now, to get the latest on what we can expect from this hearing and to remind us of the events that led to Oscar Pistorius's conviction, Bernadette Wick, reporter with Eyewitness News in Johannesburg, is on the line. Joanna, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well. Now, we followed this uh, trial at the time and uh, all the subsequent appeals and the various changes in his sentence. But if you would bring us back to the events of February the 14th, 2013, as to why Oscar Pistorius's world came crashing down with the death of Riva Steenkamp. Yes, well, absolutely. I mean, South Africa woke up on Valentine's Day um, of 2013, and, and really the whole world woke up with the shock news that Oscar Pistorius had shot and killed his his girlfriend, model Riva Sternkamp, who was an upcoming model, up and coming model at the time. Um, and as more details emerged, it came out that he had shot her through the door of the ensuite bathroom attached to his bedroom in his home in Pretoria, in quite an upmarket part of Pretoria, known as Pretoria East. Um, and he was arrested the following day, and he was charged with murder. And it, was, it came as an absolute shock, as you can imagine, to the entire country. He was celebrated around the country and across the world as a hero um, for, for the work he did um, in athletics. And yeah, the trial got underway the following year. It was a very dramatic trial. And um, we did see Oscar Pistorius get very emotional during the trial. His position has always been that he um, he accepted that he had shot and killed her, but he had thought that he had woken up in the middle of the night and he had thought there was an intruder in the house. And you'll be aware there are, of course, very high crime rates in South Africa. And he had kind of on autopilot just automatically reached for his firearm and shot through the closed door where he heard the sound coming from and only realized afterwards that it was her. Um, her family and, and large swathes of the population still to this day do not believe that version of, of events. But he was very emotional during the trial. At one stage, he even vomited in court. Um, there was this reenactment of the events of that night where the door that he had shot through um, was actually brought into the court. At one point, he was made to take off his prosthetics and walk around the courtroom on his stump. Um, even the, the legal representatives who were involved, Barry Rue and Sherry Null, I mean, they're known as being um, Barry Rue for the defense and, and Sherry Null for the state. They're known as being both of them very much bulldog lawyers, so that made put some very dramatic arguments in court. Um, and then he was he was initially convicted of culpable homicide, which um, you which might uh, go under the under the name manslaughter in Ireland. But essentially, it's it's when you kill someone through an act of negligence, and it's slightly less um, serious, if, if I can say that, than a murder charge. So he was initially convicted of culpable homicide and sentenced to five years. And he was actually released on parole after serving one year, which was how long he had to serve at the time. But after he was released, um, an appeal that had been pending before the courts was pronounced on, and actually his conviction was overturned. 
so it was replaced with one, a more serious one of murder. He was subsequently, his sentence was also um, revisited, and ultimately it was increased to um, a total of 13 years and five yeah. months. Now, now this, this was where, uh, in the appeal court, the argument was, and it, uh, the decision was unanimous in the appeal court, it was, listen, okay, even if we accept the idea that you thought there was an intruder uh, in the ensuite bathroom, you shot blindly through the door. You didn't fire a warning shot. Bang, 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 bang. So whoever was in there, no matter whether they were an intruder or Reva Steenkamp, as it turned out, you were going to kill them. Absolutely. They found him guilty of, of murder in line with the Dolus Eventualis doctrine. Um, and essentially, yes, it's that any reasonable person who fired those shots, regardless of who you thought was behind that door, should have foreseen the possibility that you were going to kill someone. And that's ultimately how, yeah. they, how they convicted him of murder and of intentional um, of of intentional murder. Now, he is eligible once again for a parole hearing because he served more than half of his sentence. What is the attitude in this hearing of the Steenkamp family? Um, well, the Steenkamp family, from, from our engagements with their lawyer, Tanya Kun, their position has always been that the law must simply follow its course. Um, when the time comes, if he is eligible and if he does qualify, that, that he should be released on parole. But obviously, there have been parole uh, bids previously that have been unsuccessful. The first one that was unsuccessful, that came as a result of him not having met with the family yet to have the sort of victim-offender dialogue that is part of, of the process. Um, and so they were very opposed to it at that stage. Earlier this year, there was another parole hearing. They were very opposed to it at that stage as well because they still to this day feel that he hasn't played open cards and, and told the full truth of what happened that night. Um, we do know that Rita Stankamp's father has obviously uh, recently passed away. Um, her mother, we are not expecting her to attend the parole hearing tomorrow. Um, but their attitude, like I say, is really if, if the parole board finds that he should be released, that he is ready to be reintegrated back into the into society, then so be it. Now, it, it may not be a complete release. There are different stages of parole that might be offered to him if he's successful. Yes, there are various uh, various options available to the board on how it wants to sort of manage his parole. Um, and it could also still be a while before he's actually released on parole. So even if he is granted parole following the hearing, they'll have to set out a timeline for when he can actually leave prison. Um, my assumption, though, would be that it would be relatively soon because what happened in March was that he made an application for parole and there was some confusion around when he actually became eligible. At the time, the understanding from the courts was that um, he was not yet eligible, and that's why his March application was dismissed. But the courts have since come back and said, this is actually incorrect. He was eligible all the way back in March. So the effect of that is that he's been sitting in prison now since March, being eligible, um, and, and that's obviously problematic. So I assume that they're going to try and move with speed now, if he is granted parole, to get him out, because the longer he stays in there, obviously... Um, the more potential there is for him to go after the state, because this is a bit of a mess that he's been left to sit in prison for all these months when he could have applied for parole several months ago. Bernadette Wick reported with Eyewitness News in Johannesburg. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.